Hi, my name is Hal Johnson, and you're listening to The Sheriff Podcast. episode of the sheriff guys i have four-time stanley cup champion also guys i want to point out this guy to me as a guy that played the role he is this is my opinion the ideal hybrid tough guy that's what he is ladies and gentlemen without further ado darren mccarty how are you doing my friend Darn it, Sheriff. Good to be here, buddy. It's good to, you know, what, what I love is, is, and following you and just knowing, you know, your, your career is that you get it and it's a dying breed, whether it's common sense or the mentality of whatever else. But again, what I also love is uh, what you did isn't who you are. And uh, for me, for you to say that about me means that I accomplished my goal and my hero was Rick Tockett. So I always want to be Rick Tockett. So if I, you know, Brad May and I talk about this all the time, is that yeah, I think we teamed up and did a pretty good job of combined. So that's cool with me, dude, just to be a cog in the wheel. That's why I got four cups. Dude, that is really cool, man, that you shared that. So Rick Tockett, he's, he's one of my favorites as well. And honestly, bro, if that was a guy that you were trying to do your game after – you did a hell of a job, man, because you right. guys are very similar players, man. Well, Boy, well you got yeah. to fight, score, and, and lead, right, and be that guy on your team. And you know what that guy, you know, you, you understand that because you know what it's like to be at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, but also to be at the top of the hill in the room because you did what you did because – I always said is that I look around the room, no matter how much money these guys made, how, you know, many people had their jerseys, there was appreciation for what I did. And I knew, you know, and I, and you look at our team and the way it was, um, I knew this cause I grew up a Red Wing fan. I could, I could be different and be an impactful. And that's what I wanted to be. You know, I just wanted to be Robin to Proby's Batman. That's it. Yes. Yes. Now, now, Darren, it's awesome that you're talking about this now, man, because it's such an incredible talking point for me. This team that you played on, brother, in the 90s, the Detroit Red Wings, this powerhouse team. Bro, I was in my early teens. I'm exactly 10 years younger than you, right, brother? Okay. So yeah. I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. Man, I was such a big fan of your team. You have no idea. And let me tell you something else. I was going to talk about this a little bit later into the show, but let me tell you something else. Obviously, the Claude Lemieux thing comes up a lot in interviews and whatnot, right, brother, that you do? Now, this is going to be a little bit different now with me bringing this up. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, you know the role that I played. 
I was a really, really good AHL tough guy. I got a little sniff of the NHL. I was able to reach my dream, Darren. So I was fulfilled. But, you know, obviously I wish that it would have been a longer NHL stint. But I was fulfilled. I got to do it. I fulfilled my dream. Now, the thing that I want to bring up here is the fact that that game with Colorado, that was at a point in my career where I had to decide what type of player I had to be. I had to decide that if I was going to be the guy that was going to go out and, and, and fire up the troops and be the first guy willing to do the job, then I was going to have an opportunity to go to the next level. When I saw that play out, that was when I knew that I wanted to be that guy. And let me tell you also, Chris Draper is a Scarborough boy. So am I. I knew who Chris was. I had a coach in minor hockey that was buddies with him. I seen him at a couple summer skates. So I felt like it was so humanized to me, that scenario. I knew this man that got his face smashed in with a big cheap shot. Now, what happened? His older brother, his soldier, his guy in the battlefield came to his defense and sent a message, sent a message to the Colorado Avalanche, sent a message to the league, and sent a message to the city of Detroit that, you know what, guys? This is what we're willing to do to win the war. And you know what? That was the beginning of the dynasty, in my opinion, brother. That was the start of the battle that made those three cup era Right, boom, 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 boom. And then, of course, brother, when you made your comeback, you were able to pick up that fourth. But I want you to know that what you did inspired me so much that I took on that role and became that warrior that you were. So so you, you bring up so many great points for <laughs> as far as, no, no, but, but leading by example of what it means, right? I... When I talk about March 26, 97, I call it Red Wing D-Day, right? For lack of a better term, because that's when it started. And it wasn't the fight. It wasn't the fact that I scored the overtime winner. It was the fact that we won. And at the end of it, it you understood that that in the Wing Wheel Nation, you're a Red Wing fan no matter where you lived. It was a proverbial, it's going to be all right. Don't know what it means. It's going to be all right, right? And then it plays out. But the bottom line is we, we had... We got over that, we got through that threshold we needed to. Now, in hockey, you've seen it. Tampa went through a lot like we did. If you look yep. back, they're the only team with 90, or, uh, yeah, uh, with 62 wins and then back-to-back cups. That's how we did it after a disappointing first-round loss and stuff. But what you bring up to personally is where you understand. It's not because... I enjoyed it. Sometimes I did, depending on what, what, what mood I was in. But it was my fear of anybody else going before me was greater than my fear of anything anybody could do do to me. Because that was my role. And I figured out, and you know, because you have the same mentality. as well. You know what? If they get by me, I'm dead. So you guys are on your own. What do I care? You know, like it's, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty much, but it was... The fact and the only thing that you were incorrect in that statement is I, even though you think I'm the bigger brother, Chris Draper is the older brother. He's the oldest of all of us. He's 50 now. And we remind him as much as we can. 
You know, we, we so I was just the one that cleaned up the mess, but it was personal. It was more personal than anything ever. And, you know, I had to stew on that for 10 months as I'm trying to stay sober and stuff. And finally, at the beginning of March, I got on my knees and said, God, I can't do it anymore. Just whatever happens, let me be the messenger. You think he listened? Right. So, yes, I agree with you as far as that. That was when it started the that the belief in ourselves, Shani says in the Russian five that that game gave us a psychological advantage and we beat them and say, you know, but that's the cry. Hockey seems to work out. What do you put in to get out? And there's always a story. It seems like there's always a made for TV story, or I think March 26th is actually a Hollywood blockbuster, but I'm biased because I'm a star, bro. But I'm, you know, I, that just, what I think I did is I unlocked your true self right and you were able to receive the message that that's your you know like one of these things is like it's not that we like doing it but if if i have to do it or if i'm going to do it i'm going to be good at it that's anything that i try i do i have a band i do comedy you know uh uh cannabis every you know everything that i do i enjoy and i want to be the best of it we were talking before wrestling you know like i mean if you know me at all dude i'm i'm always watching something wrestling if you come over to my house and hang out there's something wrestling that it, it will be on if there's not a big game so it's what you're passionate about and i encourage people because what i realized is that all i ever want to do is was play hockey right i have a saying that the destination is an oasis it's about the journey and break it down to like a train and you don't have to be break it down to like to look at it like this, but just look at, do you enjoy the people in your sleeping car? Do you enjoy the people in your eating car? Do you, do you enjoy your trip? And then when you have an opportunity, you know, it's all about the, the stops and, and smelling the roses and, you know, but you understand this, even though you're 10 years younger than me, you've lived. And now it's about connecting the who's. I say, don't tell me what, tell me who. So, it's just being able to connect it. And if we, it's the same thing with, with the cannabis, right? It saved my life. I owe my life. So I'll be a red wing through and through and that's in my chest. But now the cannabis plant's on here and it's about the truth. And who else would you rather know? You know, it, I'm trying to do the work for everybody, get the knowledge and let them know why, because it helps with me. And the best way I do that is just do talk to you and show people pictures and because you can't argue. So then I'm going to, be the best or be around the best, find the best to produce stuff in my name. Cause my dad always told me, if you want, if you don't like it, do something about it. So you get, you get it, bro. You get it. Well, I appreciate you saying that, bro. And I'm, I trust me, I want to pick your brain about the cannabis venture, but just cause we're still on it, man, about uh, just about the whole mentality. I wanted to ask you a question, Darren. I wanted to ask you, when you watch hockey right now, do you get frustrated? I used to. It took me high up until three years ago, maybe two years ago. Maybe it was because when Stevie was hired, right? Remember I told you about Red Wing D-Day? It's a great segment. Yeah. It's, it's the only second time I ever felt it was when Steve Eiserman was in the same feeling. When Steve Eiserman was introduced as GM and president. It was that feeling like, oh, it's going to be all right. Don't know what it means. It's going to be all right. I think you see it as, you know, it, it's going down. 
with what he's doing in Detroit. And it's because it's not because of the pedigree, just because he's got the name and all the accolades. It's because him, Chris Draper, Papper Beak, guys that are in charge are the hardest working guys that I know in the in my life. You know, so they won't be denied. So I'm just happy to go for the ride. So in the trust in my guys being there, it made me relax more. But as far as the game <coughs> back in our day, dude, it was it was size. Size, you could, you know, you'd always get a shot. You'd always get a shot. But now it's it's speed and so many little guys. So speed is the new size. Speed is the new size. I but but the thing is though, Darren, is that I'm a stats guy, right? And yeah. I know that the time in the NHL that the scoring was the highest and the fights per game was the highest was at the same time. And do you know what era that was? Yeah. That was that was about 10 years before you started in yeah. the early 80s. When Edmonton was winning those Stanley Cups, brother, when Saman had Samako and Marty McSorley were doing their thing, Gretzky, Curry, and Tikkanen, and Messier could do their thing, right? I just feel that, yes, we went in the direction of skill. I appreciate the skill, brother. Trust me. If I was a coach, I would have a very offensive team. Don't get me wrong. But, man... They they didn't have to go so far one way, in my opinion. And I also feel that there's a chance that through rule changes, it can get a little bit back to the kind of character that it was. Not really to back to completely, but just like, like they changed rules, Darren, to kind of grandfather things out. Why not make some other rule changes to make things a little bit more interesting, right? And obviously with podcasts like this, that's how it gets out there. Please go ahead. But No, no, no. The beauty to your point, right? This just isn't a conversation that gets flushed because you know why? ESPN. So now the fans, the viewership, if it's grow, they will dictate rule changes you know if they like if they they will hold more accountable because they're going to draw eyes that's the biggest difference and it's going to bring it back when when why because that is a household staple at least here in the states so <clears throat> i guess that question or whatever is is because you're always you're not looking for immediate change you're looking for some sort of progress or some sort of tilt you know but it's like turning a, a freighter Right, it's like turn the freighter. This isn't the NFL. The NFL is the hand of God. Okay, they've proven that lately by by making accountability as far as they determine the vaccine. Well, like it or it's not a question of right or wrong. It's a question of this is what is. If you want to do this, you want to do that. It's like life accountability. Right? You hit my star guy. Me or the sheriff comes and punches you in the head. You know, it's, 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 or we go after your star guy. I mean, it's, it's very, it's, and that's the guys that you always respect. And, and everybody always asks me, just, I know I flop around, but everybody always asks no. me about, did I ever hate, like, hate anybody? And the only guy I ever, I ever hated, like, Jamal Myers annoyed me, but, but, but that's Jammer, dude. He's been doing his job, right? Like, never, you couldn't really get under my skin, but just claw the mute because of what he did. But that's, that's like right or wrong. That's like a life thing, you know? So like, I mean, that's just how you're, how you're built. And, 
you know, some people are made to stand up to that stuff and some people are made to, to support and give the knowledge and the support so that guys like us can, uh, can do our jobs also. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a balance, but I think that to your point, to your question, um, if you asked me this a year ago, I would have said, yeah, you're pre you know, you're preaching, but you know, no, like, what are you going to, nothing's going to be done. Oh, well, things have changed. And that's why you can never say never. You always got to leave that little percentage. You don't know, because you can never say never about anything. And trust me, it's just, if you want to change things, it's, just, it's two ways. Like something, some things will either kill you or you will get sick and tired of it ending the same way. So you'll just discard it. And that's where in, you know, do, using my therapeutic, that's where surrender is actually victory because you don't have to worry about it anymore. So it's, it, you know, that's the, the it, in those last 10 years between 39 and 49, bro, the, that was some, uh, Hardcore life lessons, bad and then very good. So it's all part of it, though. But, uh, you know, somebody asked me earlier today, all those stats, all those credentials, whatever we're talking about now, you know, I'm I'm I realize enough. It's never about me. It's to give me with the cannabis and stuff like that to be able to help everybody else. And it's not whether you do or don't. It's, you know, do you know you have a choice? And it's funny because. I'm going through, I have a roll-on at DarrenMcCarty.com. I have my own hippie roll-on, but I'm looking. So I have a whole bag here of different lotions and stuff that I want to make sure. Because again, it's about, I talk about what I know and, and I, but it's not just about me. It's, I compete with myself, right? They've given me the green light to create things for myself. And then I, hopefully if you're an alcoholic insomniac, to learn from it too like cbn cbg all that stuff it's just being educated now you understand because you're canadian right we have common sense and we look at things a little bit different we i was saying the other day somebody said to me you know with all black white with the things the asian things and there was something with the muslim thing as far as some some hate crime you know and, and it's sad because i grew up in leamington ontario which is a melting pot. But I mean, it's like, man, I was thinking back. You're growing up and you're fighting and you're grinding, you know, playing ball, you're doing whatever like this. And you didn't, the fifth or sixth thing you looked and see what color the guy was or what, what, what race he would, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. he's, either not, he's either an arse or he's not, and he's either on your team or he's not. And it's how many times you fought a guy and then, you know, bought him a beer, drank with him after or whatever, and, and out of respect, right? It's always about the respect. And then sometimes when somebody breaks the code, what I always loved how it used to be is the boys, right? And to this day, Scott Parker, the sheriff, the other sheriff. The um, original sheriff. The original sheriff, dude. He's, he's my, <laughs> my guy, dude. And, yeah. And help, right? So it's just like, like you guys understand because it always helps, but the right, the wrongs when somebody tries to wrong it. And I, I, it's taken that, like you said, that power out. I hope it gets back to that because then it's entertainment again. And then there's a reason, but, but here's the one thing, right? Because here, I'll tell you this, the, my, the one thing that got me back excited about watching the game was a kid named Giovanni Smith that we have here in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. He, he's uh 
he's the closest thing to me, but he provides that up and down presence and play on the power play, but knows his role. And he's a great kid and he's a Toronto kid. So that yeah, know, makes don't. sense. I, I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's a new age. Uh, yes. uh, like he's a new age me, or he's somebody because it's, it's sort of the simplified role, but you need the guy. And I can see more of those guys cause they'll, they'll duke it up, but it's, the way it should be, it's like, well, who's your gladiators? Who's my gladiators? Who's your danglers? Go go out there in a power plane and each other, impress each other. We'll yell at each other in a penalty box. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It's more like a chess match that people understand. I think they understand the more they get into it, watching it live, when you can see all the stuff behind or hear the guys on the ice and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's I enjoy the playoffs. And I yeah. enjoy like I'm excited now in Detroit because the wiser hashtag wiser plan. That's all, all you need to know. And you know, I, I mean, I trust the guy to get me cups. I trust them to get this these kids in the right direction to be able to do it. And that's what, that's why I love, you know, my involvement with the team. But it's just it's more with the fans and it's more with the culture and stuff like this. Just letting everybody know like we're all in this together and. You know, you, you understand some guys like live and die, breathe at the rink. Some other guys, you know, don't. They're, you know, what they did isn't who they are, but it's a big part of, you know, what they represent because there's principles behind it. And when, you know, when you are able to articulate that and to tell people or to show people you're more than a one trick pony that, you know, right, there's a reason for it. And then that's, that's the best part. So you, the moral is, is that don't ever tell me that you can't be what you want to be. It's just, what are you willing to do? And it's hard work that gets you anywhere. So find something you love and go work your butt off at it. Exactly, buddy. And you know what? You saying that makes me want to bring up something right now. Now, work your butt off and, and make something out of it. When you got to the Belleville Bulls, there. Ooh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now... I recently had Scott Thornton on the show, brother. Uh, he told me a very, very funny story Thornton, about you. Thornton's an OG. Yeah. When- he is an OG. Thornton told me that this young Darren McCarty came to training camp with a mission on his mind of destroying anybody in his way. Running anybody through the boards. It didn't matter if you were first year, second year, third year, overage, did not matter. You ran everybody and the veterans had to get together and have a meeting and say, look, man, this rookie's running everybody. What are we going to do about this? Because I don't want to fight him. I know you don't want to fight him. And I know you don't. So what are we going to do? And I and Thor's pretty much said that it was him that just yeah. came over to you and said, look, man, you got to fucking settle down or someone's going to take your fucking head off, right? And can you tell me a little we, bit about that, brother? Well, then, and then we fought. You know, I fought Scott Thorne, my rookie, and it was just like, this kid is nuts, dude. I love when he resets it. But here's the thing. You know what that's attributed to, right? If, you t- if I have my head, like, set on something, I will accomplish it, and especially if you tell me how I can do it. So Brian Drummond was my junior B coach where I got drafted from Peterborough. Then I got drafted. He told me that to make it to the NHL, you got to do 99.9% better than anybody else. And for me, it'd be physical. So he said, that here's the formula. 
First year, doesn't matter what it is. You go in and you run everything. You fight, you establish, and then you work on your skills and practice, and you work on that, and it'll give you room, especially it was the great, you know, that's the junior formula because, and you look how it is, so it didn't matter who it was. I didn't care because I wanted to make an impression that that I was that guy. Eventually, it, it, it shouldn't surprise anybody that that kid that's going to, and Scott Thornton, by the way, was a first round draft pick to the Maple Leafs at this time. He's like, that's the last thing he wants to do. You know, we can't, yeah. I don't care. But it just showed, it, it just shows you what all of us are made of. And I was on a mission. I was going to make it, man. And it didn't matter. It wasn't easy, but I did everything I did. Power skating, go, travel here, do this, do that. You tell me a rollerblade like five miles a day in the summer. Just, you know, it, because you told me that if I was, if I could be one of the toughest, then I could do it. And then my skills, because in, when you're younger, then you get room. You know, 12 yeah. goals my first year, 30 my second and junior, and 55 my third, right? I won player of the year. I had 127 points and 181 pins. I was either on the ice or the penalty box, you know? And that's Larry Mavity knowing, knowing how to nurture me and, and the support of a guys like Jake Grimes and Brent Gretzky, Wayne's little brother, you yeah, know, Tony Similero, Scott Boston, Greg Dreveny. We didn't have a good team, but but rest we had in a, peace, we, Larry Mavity, By the way, yeah, rest in peace, Mav. We had, but we had five guys that had a hundred points. Man, it was like it was fun. Oh. It was fun. That was that was a fun year. And then, and then I get drafted second round, and I go to Adirondack in the minors, and it's reset. Forty-five majors, two hundred seventy minutes. Played on a great team. I had the toughest team in pro hockey that year, but it was like. Make it established, and like I said, my goal was to be to Robin and Proby's Batman, and I was able to do it. And you know, I, I owe a lot to Scotty Bowman because it came in when he did. But I got a fight, and one of the things I'm there's a lot of things I'm proud of, but I, I'm old enough to have played in all the original six, uh, all the original six buildings. Arena, yeah. I got a fight in the Chicago Stadium in, in training camp with Cam Russell that started behind Ooh. the net and sort of a five on five, and then we did the junior thing where I was on top of him. He said, I jumped him or whatever. And it was not. And I said, Oh yeah, well, let's go square off center ice. Then we squared off and exchanged it. And it, it was, this it was, was preseason. I, this is preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, it just, but that's to the mentality of it doesn't matter who it is, where it is, whatever you tell me what to do to accomplish. And, you know, it's all about trying to, trying to get noticed in a little way i ain't afraid i love i don't need to be the top guy dude i like being i like being you know underneath that knows the information but you tell me what we're what we're doing and what we're fighting for i'm meek as hell man and you know what like and if i believe in the cause and believe in you as a person well you know you got you got my loyalty you know and that's that's the whole thing is that uh it's it's funny because we can look back, you know, because it was twenty, you know, twenty five years ago or, or yeah. even more. And um, but the explanation of the why—that's what I, Darren McCarty, today needs third person myself. That's what I need to know. I don't need to know the right or wrong. I know which way I figure it out, which way to go on the line. But it says I need to know the why. And so Scotty's a brilliant man and and that's the Stevie is why he's going to be successful because of what he learned and how he hones it and just the people and it's just proud to be part of this organization even more and more and just trying to set a good example and 
for the young kids and to be there. And that's the great thing about the Red Wings. If you're a Red Wing fan, is that they got a great dressing room. They love each other and and they play for each other. And that that you know how that goes. You know, you yeah. Know how, you know how that how 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 that how that goes, and that goes a long way. More than people understand that. Right. The team camaraderie, I find, is probably the most important part of a championship team. And you would know that very, very well. Yeah, and it, and it's not about, like, buddy, 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 buddy. It's just respect and it's, uh, you know, admiration. And maybe you don't even like a guy that much, but you understand that he's part of it. You know, it's a, a lot of analogies to, to a hockey dressing room and uh, – military squad i say that because my right hand is a former army guy and he introduced a mill spec but we're a lot of like routine and stuff like this and he points a lot of stuff out and uh, we do a lot of stuff with, with uh, veterans and stuff so it it it's the commonality right looking for is the connection i'm all about the connection i'm all about doing things in a group you know it's great to win awards and win things but i'm about the team win man i'm about collecting rings and just tell me what you need me to do to be a part of that winning success and you know i mean i'm fortunate you know i'm in this case beyond life because you know like you mentioned the comeback in 08 but that really wasn't the comeback because it got way worse you know than i ever thought but that's where the cannabis was there to to save me and the love of that program and then the love of that I always say about my brothers and about the Red Wing organization is that they were always there and and sometimes you need to step away when you can't when somebody doesn't want to help themselves but then when they do then you support so Mr. Illich was always a big fan and I always loved him but Mrs. Illich too and now Chris Illich and the whole you know you got to remember we have deep relationships with a lot of people that work with the organization because we all grew up together man we were all yeah. drinking buddies we were all drinking buddies back in the early 90s at the post bar you know yeah. like, that'd be the whole like you want to say games change we'd be heading out of the it'd be like a tuesday afternoon tuesday night game and you get out of the rink and be like four to eleven and you'd be seeing like five people on the way see over there see over there see over there you know and yep. boom by 11 30 you're sitting there having a beer with with 10 people that work that night and all different things. And you're, and now all these people have grown up and, and they have kids of their own and, and that are going to high school, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's life, but it's the connection of, of who we are as people, in my opinion. And it's that love, that love, that unconditional love that, you know, you can't choose your blood, but you choose your family. You hit it right on the nail, man. And and the thing is, Darren, is like I understand so well what you're talking about because I also embraced the organization, man. Like I really looked at the teams that I played at like a family, like everyone in the front office. Like I think also kind of the roles that we played, Darren, I think yeah. that that helped us be personable with a lot of the employees on the teams because everyone kind of like felt for the tough guy like everyone was like yeah this is the guy that fights for us yeah like you walk in the arena the security guys are coming and giving you five and who, who do you got tonight man like you know what i mean like yeah it, it was it, it was like a main event man every game day like that 
that's how I looked at it. I know that's how you looked at it. Like it, it was fight night, man. Like we were oh, we were ready and prepared every people, night. You know what I'm saying? People it's don't not like that anymore. No, people don't know what it's like to look through the uh, look through the lineup and and look and see. Okay. I'm going to probably fight him, or I better fight him, because if not, I'll have to fight him. Are you fighting him? <laughs> and there's six guys. Let him sleep. Don't wake him up. You wake him up, dude, I'm going to be pissed, because I'm going to have to take up care of that man. Right? Like, people don't understand the conversations that go through, and that's why, that's why I always said, me being Robin, me being your number two, you know, but being able to play and stuff like that's a big thing with Joey Kosher coming to our team or having Proby or whatever. When I'm your number two and I just got to fight the light heavyweights or the, you know, the middleweights, dude, I, it's like, it's like put me in. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, but then what if I got to fight the heavies and stuff, then I, you know, that wears on you as much as you try to be a pro and stuff like this, but you know, that takes away from your game. You know, you know, half the time, being a being an enforcer or whatever, you're usually limited with your minutes, anyways. And the idea is to do something that's don't fuck up. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, no, hundred percent. So, so there's a different mentality. There's a different, you know, way to do it. But I think it's the communication of of how important it is. Because if you know that you play six minutes, but you know what, they're they're important minutes because they can turn the tide. And you know, I, that's why as I got older and for the cup in 08 and even just being in the lineup, I could see how influential being on the bench is chirping at guys, you know, yeah. just see it. remember how the energy, remember the anticipation of death used to be worse than death itself. Like how many guys you could get off this game by the fact that you were going to kick their ass. Right. Yeah. You know that, bro. You know, that's the truth. Yeah. The, the buildup, the buildup was such a big deal, man. Now, yeah. Darren, there's there's a couple things I want to touch up on here because we're we're talking about it right now. Now, with with your first year in Adirondack, what what impresses me the most, brother, is the fact that you had such a year offensively the year before. Like you proved that you were an elite player at the highest level, right? The following season, your hunger to make it. You made such a mark. You fought everybody, bro. Everybody. And I don't think people understand how scary. Now, was it was it the AHL at the time, or was it the was yeah, it the it was IHL? The, it was it was the AHL. And you know what? Okay. Here's the, thing, here's the thing too, right? This is the beauty where I say toughest team in pro hockey. Look at that lineup. I had 45 majors, but I was the young pup, so I was like the dog off the leash. I had Kirk Tomlinson. Gord Carpey, Denny Vial, Jim Cummins, Serge Anglehart, Bob Come Bugner, on. Bob Bugner. Um, what? Yeah, I had the a, same a, year. Uh, yeah, we had an assassin. No way. All all these dudes behind me, like so half the you know <laughs> they, 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 I, how many times Gunner like Kirk Thomason, his nickname's Gunner, who's by far pound for pound, he's five. 5'10", about 180 pounds, pound for pound, toughest guy I've ever seen. Call him Gunner because he throws machine guns. Him and Serge Robert went for about two and a half minutes and just switched back and forth. It was like it was like watching a wrestling match that was just a symphony. But, uh, yeah, so so I wasn't scared, dude. It's the same thing as what Thornton said. It's a let's go. But I always do these guys like I was there, you know, and, and you want to impress the vets and, 
whatever. And Chris Osgood and I were like the rookies and stuff. And but it was I was embraced, and these guys took me under their wing and 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 really showed me a lot of love and you know showed me what it was all about and helped me get to the next level. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was a great. That was such a great year. But yeah. Yeah, not I got beat up more in practice than I did in in, uh, <laughs> in, in games. They told me that would make me tougher. I had to, I, it didn't matter what I believed. I had no choice. So I'm, I'm I'm assuming it was a drill where it was assistant coach just just chips the puck in the corner and the two forwards have to go battle for the puck. Things get a little bit heated with five or six heavyweights on the team. You better believe things will go down once in a while in practice, man. Right? Oh, absolutely. Usually not, too, <laughs> usually not too bad. It was usually at the end when they were teaching me stuff and working on stuff, and they have they have tossed me around, and <laughs> after a while I could hold my own. But you know, like guys like Denny V. Allen. He's a legend. Oh yeah, and Jim Cummins. These are guys that they hit you. They could break you in half. So you don't want to fight those guys. How big was Jim Cummings? He seems so big. Was he? Was he just a guy that looked bigger? No, oh, he was. He was. He was. He was pretty jacked. So he no, was a like he what two forty plus? No, 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 about two twenty. Okay. He just was in great shape. All right. Kong, Kong, Kong. I just remember being a kid, and guy was a big Rock'em Sock'em guy, right? Every Christmas, my sister would get me and my brothers, you know, Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em. That's how I got introduced to, to, to the Lemieux scenario, too. It was through Don's narrative, right? So, oh, like, that was even... Yeah, bro, that was even better. So, now, the next season, Darren, you obviously earned your spot on the team, like with what you did the year before, I'm sure you went into camp just bombs away, right? But I'm sure Detroit was like, okay, this guy showed us that he's willing to to do anything to make the NHL, and you make the NHL. You start you start playing for a team that's going to end up being a dynasty, man. Like what? Yeah. Like that was, man. It was like perfect storm. super team. For perfect storm for being a kid who grew up in the Dead Wing era and, you know, used to go to Olympia and go to, you know, Joe Serena and stuff. And um, dream come true. So I, I knew what they needed. And it was like something else. It needed a lot of different things, but I thought there was energy. But I came at the right time, you know. And I say it at the right time, you know, where – Shanny was putting his time in learning else places to be one of the final pieces when he traded for him in 96 uh, at the start of the season. But what I mean is, is we had to learn how to learn, learn how to win from losing. And unfortunately you don't have to do it that way, but losing is the greatest teacher because if you, once you get into this, there's anything in life. When you get tired, you can sick and tired, then you'll change it. That's the that's the that's the thing. So, so we had to go through that and that bread, you know, the the loss of '95 in the finals. Like I won four cups. I've been to six finals. Yeah. You know? So so, you know, like I, I didn't get gypped. You know, but it, it it goes to the people around us. And it was a team effort and to be a part of it. And the older you get, 
and you look back, it's, it, you know, the more you appreciate it, I, at least I do, but it, you appreciate yeah. the guys. The first thing you yeah. always miss, I, you never miss playing. I don't miss playing. I hate, I, I skating is not, I'd rather go on a wrestling ring than, than going on a skating rink. That's just because I'm intrigued by wrestling. But, you know, the, the bottom line is, is it's doing what you want to do. And, you know, so, so, you know, it's everything's a lesson. Lost my spot. This guy's flashing. Go ahead. So the other thing, Darren, that I, I wanted to touch up on now that we're talking about about this this the, this Detroit team that you played for is I found that throughout my career, based on the head coach, was pretty much how my performance would be for the role. And what I mean is I played four straight seasons for the Rochester Americans, and Randy Cunnyworth was my coach. Now, this was a player's coach, a guy that appreciated the role because sometimes he would have to be that 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 Batman or, or that, that that Rob that you know what I mean, that second guy. And so he knew how important the role was, and he gave me so much confidence, Darren, that I was able to really perform at my highest level, right? Do you feel that with Scotty and the, that that it was kind of the same thing for you? Absolutely. He always put me in, you know, positions to know. I played a ton with Steve Eisenman, which was always great. I go back and forth with the grind line. And, and so, you know, like you, you look back and you, you uh, complain about, you know, maybe ice time or want to get an opportunity, but that was, you know, you weren't really complaining. You were just happy with your role and knew that you had a role to play for the team to be successful. And that was the biggest part. You know, we all had our role. Some was bigger than others, but like I said, cog in the wheel. Cog in the wheel is just important. Can't move the wheel without the cog. That grind line that you mentioned, that Kurt Maltby and Chris Draper, correct? Yes, absolutely. Now, you guys, you guys were probably, I mean, I couldn't think of a more effective checking line with skill, with, with scoring touch, with everything. You guys killed penalties. You guys did everything. Now, that that part of the Detroit Red Wings, because that was such a strong foundation, that was probably one of the main reasons, brother, for your all the runs that you guys made because of that foundation that you guys had. You know, Now, were, were you guys the third line or were you the fourth line? No, we were, I would say that... It, or the second... Either, no, either or, uh, either whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. It's because you played different minutes against different guys, and that's what you said. We used to take pride where we'd laugh on the bench where where Drapes or Moths would look. They're not doing it, and we go, "Oh, they're not." And Drapes would go, "No, the big guys aren't doing it tonight. Time for is it?" And we'd look, grind line, go. All right, and we all like Malt scored fifty in junior too. Drapes. You know, Drapes, if he could score on a breakaway, he'd be a 40-goal scorer. But, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> not, that's not his jam. But, you know, the fact that we all played in the OHL at the time we did, we just it was just instant chemistry. And what made us is we thought on one level. So we all – and you know what is is we backed each other up as much. And we took so much pride in not letting the other team score. But also, too, when, the other, when our team wasn't doing it, you have to – you know, they always say you have to get goals from – secondary scoring you know what 
Well, hell yeah. You never had to say that when we were successful. Stanley Cup game-winning goal, Darren. Stanley Cup game-winning goal, man. I know, right? Be one wow, guy, that... You beat one guy one-on-one your whole career. It's all timing. You just got to do it at the right time. <laughs> well, that was a really, really good time, my friend. Well, I, I, I understand the best of the best. And, you know, no matter what stupid stuff you do, you know, they don't take it. Once it goes in the Hockey Hall of Fame, you got to stay like a game-winning goal. Yeah, man, that's so sick, man. So is that is that that was automatic then, eh, for the Hockey Hall of Fame? Well, it for the goes G-dub? in the book, right? For the yeah. G-dub. Yeah, the absolutely. G-dub, bud. Then that's how you get in. You get in by by being known as who scored the cup clincher that '97, uh-huh. and, and then you watch it, and it's 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 you know it's something that you know I attribute to hard work because I write about it in my book, my last fight, true story of a hockey rock star. Um, is the fact that I spent two summers over in Sweden and worked with a gentleman named Thomas Storm, and I called it my Tommy Stormtrooper move. And you know, I was over there. I was over there working with eight, nine, ten, eleven-year-olds, not coaching them in the class, doing whatever needed to be done, whatever it takes to do it. And that was our warm-up drill. And for whatever reason, at that in the second period, at that point of game four, we were up one nothing. Got the pass from uh, Vladimir Konstantinov as a responsible grind line right winger. I came through the middle. I was thinking dumping in Darren McCarty, but, you know, the big guy upstairs <laughs> stabbed me into Mary Lemieux, and I, you know, had Niedemeyer. I remember going, oh, my gosh, I got him beat. And then I said, you know why I scored is because I remember going, please don't miss the net. And uh, then first, the best part of it is, couple pirouettes come out when I get my bearings. I look at Steve Eiserman and he says, what the F was that? And I look back at him and I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. And he's like, well, thank God you don't got to do it again, which goes to show you the, <laughs> the love, the dressing room love and the love that, you know, that we had and stuff. So it was great. Man, that's so awesome. So now this, this thing I'm bringing up now, Darren, now I, I personally know Several guys that I've played with that some of them played the role. Other guys, you know, just got injuries and stuff. And, you know, they get a surgery. The doctor prescribes painkillers. They use the painkillers. They like the painkillers. They get hooked on the painkillers. Then they get into a bad situation, right? Now that people like yourself, true entrepreneurs are really pushing the right ways to deal with pain. I feel like really, really happy about that, man, because I've seen a lot of guys that I care about, man, get really messed up by other methods of of pain medication. Right. Enough's enough, right? Enough's enough. And talking about the original sheriff, Scott Parker, that's what we believe, too. You know, a guy like Riley Cote, Otsu Carcillo, Ryan Vandenbrush, guys that come to mind. But it's don't talk about it, be about it. And you know what? At the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your own. And it's right. We already have the brotherhood. We already have, whether we played with each other or not or fought each other or whatever, we understand the code. So it's let's work together and different guys focus on different things and you know, whatever it is, it's about the option and the alternative because it's not about when you do it, but if you w- don't want to anymore, 
but don't think there's a way out. Well, there is a way out or there's an alternative option. So people that don't go have to go down the road. There's so many sad stories. I'm not going to get all upset and mad and go on the opiate uh, train. If you yeah. just understand that we have the education nowadays that we make the difference so it doesn't start again. So then you, I won't, I won't, you know, I used to, it's funny because I used to say, you know, have a say, I'm not here to argue, I'm here for what do you mean by that? It's not, screw that. I'm either here to answer your question or we're here to fight. So get, like, you know what I mean? I don't have time. Time's the most precious thing. And I'd rather be working for people that are, want to do the work themselves and ask me because I ain't doing your, I got my own stuff to worry about, you know? And then, and, and to do, I got my own program to work and I'm, you know, I'll keep, hopefully you find something or, or you get in a conversation because it's not about what it's about who, and it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's about the people you got to invest in the people and it's about the people, you know, and then you say, Oh, what do you do? You know, that's pretty much it. It doesn't matter if it's a product. It doesn't matter if it's a, you know, an item, it doesn't matter what it is. It's about the people. And then if people think it for themselves, you know, then then they have decisions to make. I mean, you don't have to make the decision that I make, but yeah, you have to know you should have an option, right? That's it. That's it. Have an option. If you want to know more, get educated. You want to ask, here's the places to ask. You know, like I said, it's it's sick and tired. You know, I, I've, I've, it's funny because 11, 11, 15 is my sobriety date because I remember the moment that I decided that I was going to fight again, that was either I was either going to quit or I was going to fight again. And it's, I remember telling my wife, I go, all right, she got to let me go. Cause if I'm going to go, it's like, I'm taking on and I will just not stop, you know, and that's the thing can't. And so that's five years, almost six years ago. And it's all about gaining knowledge and people and, I can't do this together, but I surround myself with people that I know look out for my best interest and 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 have similar the pure intentions. And that's that's all that matters. I mean, it's okay how many times we're not counting how many times you've fallen down, it's how many times you get back up. That's what it is. That's so true, brother. And and it just it makes me smile to hear someone like you say that, brother, because so many people look up to you and listen to you. And you're such a good role model, brother. Like you have no idea, man. And like as far as the cannabis stuff goes, I thought it was so cool that you got into that when I first heard about it, right? Because it's just like it it's it's just there's so many positives to it, Darren. And like like what, what, what is it, what is it, what's the products that you do have right now? Like, do you still have the vape pen? That, the vape pen is the, uh, that was a merchant, merch, uh, like, a um, a giveaway through, through the vape, but now we've, uh, the Darren McCarty brand, which, uh, is licensed through Pincana. Uh, I just released, uh, which is available at Rec, Rec and Med in Michigan um dispensaries everywhere which is through covid we're finally up and you know it's it's so good i i released my cbd roll on my hippie blend which uh is something that we put together it's uh hemp and uh madagascar vanilla patchouli and lavender so the scent is is like uh after you get like a massage but it works on from foot foot uh, foot itch to 
to, you know, pain to different things, to migraines and stuff like that, to menstrual cramps. So that's the thing you get at DarrenMcCarty.com. It ships all over the world. You know, I'm, I, I'm into the CBN too. So we're working. That's our next thing, making a CBN gummy. Uh, for really? Night, night, for night, night time because of being an alcoholic insomniac. But um, I also have Black Eye, which is Darren McCarty's Black Eye, which is my first seed uh, pop that me and my boy uh, Tyler, who at the high, uh, at the Secret uh, Society Seeds, um, we've worked on this for three years and uh, it's come to fruition. So it's Purple Punch 2.0 by Face Off OG by Fruity Pebbles. So pretty much when you smoke it, it's like, Wow, I just got punched in the face by Darren McCarty. He gave me a black eye. That's the idea I want for it. So and I and I got a whole yeah. bunch of other I got a whole bunch of other flowers though, Motor City Muscle, Dual OG, watermelon skittles. And then my the big thing is I always every every uh every crop that I do a one to one. So and it's smaller because what I found is is for a heavy smoker, it's like putting on your iron man suit. So what do I mean is that instead of these these ones, these, uh, this flower that would have 20% THC, these ones only have like eight and they've got 12% CBD. So you get the full effect and it's a great conversation piece to have with somebody so that they can understand the CBD effect. And it's all about, it's all about people being comfortable, right? With the information and who they're getting it from, right? You know, so that's, you know, the, the, it's a plant. That's why the truth and it's been studied and all this stuff. And I've seen it with my own two eyes and I, and I, I live it right. I'm living proof. Go back into anybody who's watching this, just go Google me on pictures, look through them and you'll see year to year to year to year to year. And you can tell which ones uh, I was drinking, which ones I was struggling, which ones I was tr started to get healthy and where I'm at. So the journey. Yeah, I'm blessed. It's the journey, bro. It's the the, the destinations and oasis. It's all about the journey, bro. Yeah, it's all it about is. you know. To your point, and to your point, I appreciate you know you saying that. But it's it's a team effort, dude. It's just like the same thing is that we are all spreading the the message and the love and the fact of being on here with you and us having a real conversation. And hopefully it reaches somebody, but that, that's is what it's about. You know, Parks and I relate it to like a, like a biker gang or a, or a mafia or whatever. You know what I mean? And we got to take yeah. care of our own. And we all, we all, we have already done our due diligence on each other. And, and if anybody doesn't think that there's different ways, somebody's initiated somebody else, which I mean, we've all in a, six degrees exchange punches which means you know you know what you're dealing with and that's the whole thing too right i don't care what anybody's doing i'm not telling you what to do but if i'm not doing it get the flying f away because you know what there's guys not like there's there's myself which yeah i mean my stuff's out there but it's guys like you it's the parks it's it's the army i surround myself with of of the guys and there's nobody else it's the same way as what you said i'm trying to create products to heal my brothers and and to heal you know what's needed to the and educate the next guys the the, the kids that are playing now the kids that are younger so they're educated to how to take care of their bodies right you look at how it's come a long way from 
when we were younger working out and stuff like that or what you did to prepare. So it's all about evolution and it's all about doing it and it's all about looking for the ones that want to do it and finding finding the younger yous, man. Finding that younger you that, you know what I'm saying? Because you know the break you got or you know who was there and you know that there's this, so trying to pass that along. It's all about pay it forward to me and, you know, as far as recovery goes, what I really realize is, is you know, as long as the, the greatest thing is that about this cannabis plant, it's about everybody else. This ain't about me. The minute it's about me, I'll self-destruct. So as long as you don't lie to the person you're looking at in the mirror, no matter how bad it is, want to get better, then it's all about progress. So then as long as you're talking to them, then you can, at least you're being aware. So I can do it. I've done it. I continue to do it. So I encourage people um, to never give up. Don't give up. Never give up because we're never going to stop. And honestly, Darren, like what I'm finding is that through this podcast, brother, through this podcast, there is a brotherhood chain that's being developed. Every guest that I have, there's something that we're doing beyond our little episode here. This isn't about just doing a show. This is about networking with our brothers in the sport, man. Because honestly, like I talk with, with, with Brent Sopel, with Ryan Phillips, together yeah, yeah. we're going to change the world, brother. Our era of guys 10 years older, 10 years younger than us, man. We're, our era, we're going to change the world. We're at the age where things are happening. We are making progress in a lot of ways. And you, my friend, are a true leader in this department. And I want to personally thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for having your podcast. Thank you for having all the cannabis products. Thank you for being an example. Thank you for being one of my favorite tough guys of all time. Never mind a good around old good guy. Dude, I appreciate I appreciate the love, and I guess that makes me the field medic. And uh, you know, I'm as, as good as the team around me. So look at it's a brotherhood that bring bring the people, and it's about the people that want to come out, and we know that are suffering. That you know what I'm not saying we're not going to cure your suffering, but we're gonna we're gonna we'll go through it with you. You want to try to be better, and you want some answers, well. You know what? The, we we have that love, right? That compassion. That and and why? It's like, it doesn't it make sense? It's common sense, doesn't it make sense that the guys that I that I risked, you know, risked everything and battled and battled that that we make a change? And I I agree with you. We are gonna change the world, bro. We're gonna change the world. You betcha. Heck yeah, we're gonna change the world. And men. Listening to you, watching you, Darren, it gets me motivated. It gets the juices pumping, man. I love the passion. I love the drive. And I just try to follow in the same footsteps, brother. I'm a big believer of law of attraction. And I'm a big believer of being part of anything for the better good. So don't get me wrong, buddy. I'm going to be bothering you a lot lately, buddy, because I want to be a part of a lot of things, man. Please, um, no, and I encourage, and please, because it's just as important, because it's as, you understand that you can only be so much to so many, so it's like if you, it's like the same thing as what I got, I got, you know, I got my boy up north who takes care of all the caregiver stuff and whatever, and I got my guys here 
So you're welcome to be, you know, facilitator of the message and whatever, however it is. Because, you know, as I say, um, just because it, it's not official till you come on the grind time, but the grind time's on hiatus, but we'll get it back. But you're officially part of the grind time family, brother. Love you, I man. I love what my- you're doing. You have no idea how much I appreciate that. And, you know, my my small elite team of Danny Granger Art and Kyle Warner, we really appreciate, man, you guys coming on our show, man. Like, this is you coming on our show. This is incredible. It's such an honor, Darren. Dude, Danny, let's talk about Danny's art for a minute, dude. That is just a pure talent, but this is the passion. And everybody, that's the thing. That's his thing, drawing doing doing stuff like that and capturing. Find your way and then let you know, then then get it out there if you're that passionate about it, because let people know and be good at it. I'll tell you this in my you know, the, the hardest part for me is is keeping, you know, everything. I wish I could had more time, but it's it's about that's get you know, like to have the people that say, OK, let's film this. Let's film that. Putting all the ideas that you have because it takes time to be that. So for me, I had to learn. When I'm pushing the hardest in any direction, sometimes I gotta sit, st- I gotta stand down and wait for everybody to catch up or wait until that happens. But as long as you remember, guys, this is it. That if you live like the plant, patient and resilient, this too shall come. It will come. If you build it, it will come. Trust me, this comes from a guy that they allow have a cannabis brand. And, yes. and and that's and that's dude that's the biggest and the, here's the thing at the end of the day and i will share this secret with you and your listeners do you see the darren mccarty roll on used by an nhl hockey player i win it's not i win it's 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 we've come a long way Exactly, my friend. And it's happening. Because like I said, law of attraction is on our sides, buddy. It is happening. And that is a perfect way to end this, bro. On that point, you gave us so much extra time, buddy. Don't don't think I don't know. I really appreciate it, man. We went way over the, the, the time limit here, buddy. You have no idea how much I appreciate it, bud. And for our listeners... This was an exclusive, exclusive, because not only was it insight into our era, the 10 years before and 10 years after is what I believe an era. But also, guys, this is a movement that we're a part of, and everybody really needs to jump and join this crest of the wave because the movement is happening and things are going to be going in the right direction, my friend. And on that note, I want to thank special guest, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Chef. Woo!